Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast and another episode in our Quick Cast series. Our Quick Casts are episodes focused on a single topic delivered to you in 15 minutes or less. Before we go into today's Quick Cast, I want to remind you to check out coachingcoordinator.com backslash magazine for the visual complement to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We have it loaded with articles, coaching tips, video from coaches who have joined us on the podcast. You'll really be impressed with this one. Our features in this one are from Coach Mike Petten talking about double mug pressures and Eli Drinkwitz talking about how to put motion back into your offense. We wanted this to be different than any coaching magazine you've seen before. And so we make sure that we cover every single position in there. You'll get position tips from UCF, Cal, Miami of Ohio, Arkansas, Tulane, Mississippi State, Alabama, and Ohio State. We also have features on program building and special teams. You definitely want to check this one out at coachandcoordinator.com backslash magazine. Today's quick cast is with Andy Kotelnicki, offensive coordinator at the University of Buffalo, talking to us about defeating the tight front and how he puts together and thinks about game planning for the tight front. You're going to want to check out his course on game planning at CoachTube. That will be linked in the show notes. In this first segment, Coach Kotelnicki talks about why he feels his first thought is to attack the perimeter with some type of perimeter play, especially something like the outside zone. Well, as I said before, a little bit, can say, I think we want to start with, some, with a perimeter run play, an outside zone scheme, a stretch scheme, I think. You know, doubling a four-eye you know, up to a backer or something that's very, that, that is very durable for, for your offensive lineman to do. So it's going to put a lot of stress uh, on those guys in that front. Um, you know, and again, I know you could, you know, there's different ways to put different defenders in different spots, okay? But I guess I'm talking about, you know, where there's a zero, there's two four eyes, there's two stack backers, or and I know some places it can be a zero, two four eyes, a five on one side, you know, one one stack backer and then overhang on the other side. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I know there's all these variations, but I think anytime you have a guy who doesn't have his hand in the ground um, as your immediate C gap or D gap run defender, you know, you should feel like you want to try to run at him right away because he's going to, he's probably going to try to contain it and he's going to, and that's going to be able to distort it, you know, like you said. And then I think if you are, if you're DN and you're playing inside the B gap there or head up, you know, you're naturally out of position to be a contained guy there. So I think that you want to try to, you know, probably get outside those guys a little bit, right. Uh, you know, with, with a, with a, with some sort of perimeter outside don't play. And again, without talking two hours about all the different ways that you can handle blocking the perimeter, um, you obviously need to have some sort of answer for blocking the force player, right. Because they're, that's set up, as you said, it's all set up to spill over there on an inside zone scheme in the backside specifically. Well, if you attack it directly with an outside zone scheme, is it as strong for them to take that on, them being the defense? And so uh, you got to make sure you have a, you feel good about how you're handling the force blocking. Right? There's a lot of different ways to do it, whatever, a tight end over there, a lead back with a, with a, with a running back or you know, motion a receiver over or whatever it might be. Okay, So I, we would always start there. In this next segment, Coach Kotelnicki talks about the value of having some inside runs and being able to go downhill against this front as well. Uh, if you want to run a vertical scheme, like a downhill scheme, I think you can still just keep running inside zone. But as you said, 
Um, you know, the ball is probably naturally based off of how the double teams are going to be in the angle. It's naturally going to try to spill that backside D gap or C gap, right? Well, we would start to mess around with different ways to add in run or add, you know, I mean, add in motion uh, to to put a hat on that guy who's supposed to who it's supposed to spill to. Can you can you now create an extra gap real quick so that he's unsure about how to. Um, you know, how to fit it. Do I take it? Does he got to screw down real quick? Does he stay outside? Now with safety inserts to make that communication have to happen in those kind of fronts, I think is also another way to get to it. And then, you know, like a little, some little, uh, maybe a full team in the backside over there. In this next segment, coach talks about the importance of having a multifaceted attack for the tight front. A couple of years ago, I was in uh, a couple of seven, eight years ago now, I was in a league, it was almost all three, four. Um, it, was, it, was, it was unique in that almost every team played a three-four front, and the, the exceptions were four-hand fronts. And so we got pretty versed at trying to figure out other ways to handle that. And I think using the four-eyes techniques against them, you know, and, and that maybe adding something like a fold scheme where the or backside guard can fan out, and the front side, you know, the backside tackle scheme can fold around and insert. You're just running your inside zone scheme with a natural fold on the backside. It's just going to change the stimulus for the backer and how he fits it in the DN, and now he's not getting doubled anymore. He's not getting reached. You get a different look. You get a kick-out block. Um, you know, there's another way that we do it, that we would handle that. Now your center gets put on the island there a little bit more. Um, and those are one of the things you better evaluate, too. As teams slide in and out of that front sometimes, those noses, you know, a lot of times they're either picking a gap or they're asking the two gap. Well, how well are they trained at doing that? How well is that guy at getting off a block shedding a block and making a tackle and i when sometimes when you face opponents you can look at them and you say that guy's not very good at that okay and so you can be comfortable just asking your center to go you know mano a mano on that guy a little bit which i know um you know what i've all my coaches across country are like oh whatever this guy's full of crap so um <laughs> but it has to happen sometimes right you gotta be able to do that every once in a while you know again these are all just kind of like we talked about with versus plus one this has to be you can't just holistically only do one of these things. You have to be able to do all of them. You know, you can't just sit there and say, we only run outside zone versus bike. Well, no. Okay, we're only going to run the full team. Well, no. Um, you know, we've also, you know, zone released, you know, front side tackle, out of power read scheme, you know, and, and read the four eye, like we talked about before. I think it's another really powerful way to get the ball there in the perimeter. Um, you know, those are all things that you can do. I think to kind of mess with those techniques a little bit, I think what you need to be able to do is try to identify when they're getting into it, why they're getting into it, and then feel comfortable to attack it. Coach talks about the importance of planning for the tight front and for the best opponents on your schedule. And again, it goes back to making sure your base run game, um, and I encourage people to do this too. I said you should really, have, you know, the teams that you're trying to beat as it applies to putting a game plan together, okay? Uh, in your league, so maybe you're a whatever. I have used this before. Let's say you're a you're a state, you're a high school coach, and you're a state championship contender year in year out, and you you do a good job in your league. There's always that one team within your league that always gives you a challenge, and that you have that's your close game. And then you get into the playoffs, and in your section and your division, they're the two teams that you always have to go through. Okay, well, what is that one team in your league and those two teams that you feel like you got to play every year to go through to get to the state championship? What do those three teams do defensively that you feel like you need to beat, right? Are they a tight front team? Well, you better make sure that you feel like your kids know and understand how to go against that front, 
are they a cover one football team and nobody else that you play does that stuff? Well, then you got to make sure that that your guys are getting reps through training camp and, um, you know, sprint fall summer camp and spring football of, of attacking that coverage or that front. I think one of the things that we always do is we get so wrapped up on, you know, in this, in our world, a lot of division one football is, you know, over under cover four, you know what it is. Okay. Well, those teams that aren't over under cover four, are those one of those teams that we I feel like we identify that we have to beat. So I gave a scenario about a team that's contending for the state championship consistently trying to figure out the three other top teams in the state. Well, your program might be, you know, a, a consistently a 500 team, but we're always struggling against, you know, whatever team A, B, and C that are always seven and three, you know, those are the three teams that we got to make sure schematically that we feel like we can be consistently. And I know, I don't like saying this because you always want to take one game at a time and you do, but are you, are you all of a sudden, are those teams consistently beating you? Are you struggling against them because you don't have anything prepared for those teams, right? Or the thoughts about those teams or those opponents. So it goes back to, again, holistically understanding that it, it's easy to scheme up against the teams that you're beating all the time but what about the team that for your program to take the next step? So, you know, personally, for an example, that I dealt with when we were at Wisconsin Whitewater for those couple of years, you know, there was two teams in the league that had given us fits, three technically, schematically. And after our first fall there, my first fall, I should say, we a lot of other offense coaches that have our first fall there, that whole summer, I just looked at those three opponents and said, what are we going to need schematically to make sure that we beat these three teams? You know what I mean? Or we do better than we did the last the year before uh, to schematically to beat them. And so, well, we got him. Well, one of them, and one of the teams was, as we're talking about, was, was an odd front team. You know, they were, they were a three, four team that was different than all the other teams. And that's kind of when I had an aha, I was like, you know what, dude, we're spending way too much time in fall camp going against our defense and the four man front. We need to make sure that we're spending time in individual drills. We're talking about maybe doing a little bit of time, you know, in, in a group setting versus a scout team where we can get a little work against some odd front teams because our guys need to make sure that we understand how to maybe how to handle that double team versus a four eye now because he's not a three anymore, you know, or a two eye, right? How to double the zero. So um, you got to kind of take a big picture of the course of the season, you know. Again, you don't want to go past the next game that you're playing, but you have to feel like, okay, week five, we're going to play this kind of front. Our guys have to be ready to handle it. Or week five, we're not going to be playing an exclusively man coverage team. We have to be able to handle it. Okay. Um, and you see it a lot when teams prepare to play an option football team. You know, they'll spend time in fall camp or spring football. They'll spend a lot of time talking about, you know, preparing to defend the option. You know, they're going to do extra work on that and make sure that when all of a sudden we're talking about defending it, the first time they hear about it isn't the game. And so I think the union do the same thing as it applies to three, four teams or four down front teams. You know, the first time you're repping it can't be when you're actually going to play in that week. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator podcast. Go to coachingcoordinator.com backslash magazine to get the visual compliment to the podcast with Coach and Coordinator Monthly, our free digital magazine. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski and check out the show notes for all the links we mentioned, like Coach Kotelnicki's course on CoachTube covering the game planning process show notes can be found in the description in your podcast app 
as well as at coachandcoordinator.com.